Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Fitz Nation interviews with UFC fighters, big stars, up-and-coming fighters, coaches, media members from this great world of MMA and the UFC. Happy to be along with you. Happy to have you back for another episode. On this episode, my guest is the UFC lightweight uh, prospect, maybe turning contender this year and in the short future, Devontae Smith is on the show today. Um, Devontae Smith, for those of you who don't know, is from Cleveland. He trains out of Factory X in Denver. He was on season two of Dana White's Contender Series. He was actually, I, if I remember it, everybody was looking at the other guy, Joe Lowry, and uh, because Lowry was an undefeated prospect, up-and-comer, and nobody was really looking at Devontae Smith, and he won that fight by knockout. And he got into the UFC and then knocked out Julian Arosa in his debut in Denver later that year. So um, quite the rise for Devontae Smith, but an interesting guest because of the adversity that he's had to battle as well. Um, He's coming off of a pretty major injury that kept him out of action for a long time. He returned against Justin Janes earlier this year, got a knockout in the first round to get back on track with that, but also... In 2020, his younger sister uh, tragically died. She was outside of a club with her friends, and she was like an innocent bystander and got shot, got killed. And um, I haven't really talked to him in depth about that. I did ask him about that before his last fight, and he just kind of said, that really puts me in a bad frame of mind. Um, I don't like to go into it. I don't like to talk about it. So I hint at you know overcoming adversity over the last year for Devante and Um, what it's taken from him to come back from that injury and fight at the highest level to help take care of his family, which he's been doing since he was in his early 20s anyways. But then you pile on a family tragedy and, um, you know, she had kids and uh, just not a great situation. But Devante is just uh, such a jovial guy. He's got a big smile on his face. He's always ready to tell a fun story. And um, I haven't really known him too, too well but it was good to chat with him in this format for a long time to really uh, get get behind the story. I had known some of the story, but only from reading other articles, not from him himself. And that's one of the reasons why I love doing this show is because it's about getting the story from the fighters themselves and what it means to them and what they can pass along of value to others like you listening to this interview. So, let's get to the interview. Here is Devontae Smith on Fitz Nation. Devontae Smith, good to have you on the show, man. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you letting me be on. Hey, I just saw your Instagram post. Practice canceled. You're looking for something to do today. I'm glad I could oblige you on that. Yeah, thank you. It's kind of weird because, you know, when he when he says something about it, like, hey, guys, you know, we're going to take tomorrow off, which is like a sparring day. You can just see on everybody's face, like, what's the catch? Yes. Like, yeah. You know, what, what, what's the real reason you getting us a day off? So I ain't gonna complain. I'm gonna just take full advantage and enjoy it. What is the catch? Do you know yet? Uh, no. I feel like we. Well, I'm gonna find out in the future. It's gonna be yeah. one of those those eureka moments. Right. 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 Like, oh, that was why we had no practice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't because you loved this. Okay. What? Is, <laughs> <laughs> what is life like at Factory X these days? Um. A lot of hard work, man. Um, a lot of hard work, a lot of drilling, a lot of working on ourselves, not just uh, as physical athletes, you know, mentally um, and just 
taking L's, getting dubs, taking more L's. Yeah. Uh, and just getting better each day. Yeah, man. I'm going to, we're going to dive into that mental side. Cause I know that that's a big thing with Mark and, and that's kind of what my show is about is kind of uh, finding out who you are as a person, what makes you achieve and what makes you who you are. But so, you know, Denver for the camps and factory X, but proud Cleveland native, right? Mm-hmm. Ohio is home. Yeah, I, agree. I appreciate um, that. Let, let's, let's, let's go to life as a kid. Like if, if I ask you, what was your life like as a kid? What are you telling me? How do you describe it? Okay. What age? Because you say kid, it got different sections. Because I, I can yeah. let you know, but which, which, give me a, give me a good age. I mean, eight to ten years old, or I guess explain that. Explain the different sections and like okay. why. Well, um, a lot of fighting. You know, uh, being the smallest kid, um, I uh, be a super. I, I don't think I'm super dark, but I'm being dark. You know, being made fun and bullied. On I was, I was actually like bully, bully, not like this Instagram social media. Like yeah. in the bathroom, like me and my older brother used to have to like fight people in the older grades just mm-hmm. to get off of us. Um, as I got older, um, you know, I, I've always been into like martial arts as a kid, like um, Bruce Lee, Power Rangers, uh, Street Sharks, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, yeah. uh, X-Men. So I watched all those things. Um, I got older, uh, got put into boxing because I was I used to get into a lot of fights. I used to get into a lot of fights. But why why the fights? You know, the um, bullying and then I feel like it's because the way I acted, you know, and it's not a bad thing. You know, I was a kid. So yeah very um happy, happy go lucky, really easy to pick on. Right. You know? Um and I didn't see like anything was wrong with that, but other kids did. And you know when I used to come home complaining to my mom she just let me know, do what you got to do, you know, defend yeah. yourself. You know, my dad used to tell me if anybody put their hands on you, make sure they never put their hands on anybody else. And I guess, you know, through all the fighting and training as a yeah. young man. <laughs> yeah, kid, yeah. So, you know, it, it, it worked out, I guess. So thanks, guys. No, it sure did. Um, but if you're a happy-go-lucky and it led to all this bullying, it didn't change who you were because you're still that guy. Right. You're not internally, just on the outside, I can be what I need to be depending on the situation. Yeah. Would you describe uh, your upbringing? Was it a hard upbringing? Was it, you know? I wouldn't say, I I, I mean, it's it's all perspective, you know, Um, because what I may see is normal. I read a book and they're like, oh, no, that's not normal. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, whatever. Yeah. Where we at, but I mean, I of course I had my my, my very hard times, um, you know, such as trying to think of like a a good one because I trying to get spill it all. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I remember one time a situation happened and we were going through a lot of stuff when it came to um, landlords. We had slumlords. Yeah, and they would always change the prices of the uh, of the month. Yeah, and uh, it got to the point that. Something happened in between. We were trying to uh, save up all this money to pay for the month. And a situation happened and we didn't have that money anymore. And for a whole summer, uh, me and my whole family was basically sleeping like in the living room with the window open and candles. Uh, We had to put, um, I remember uh, weeks 
uh, where we used to put store our food in a, in a cooler, like a big cooler. Mm-hmm. And like every two to three days, we would have to get more like ice. And we it was a family of seven. So we had to try to eat as fast as we could before everything like, you know, rot, you know, like fruit and stuff and vegetables. Yeah. And while doing that, still fight for my dream to be a UFC fighter, still going to a, 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 a can I cuss on here? Go ahead, man. Okay. Go ahead, bro. But going to going to a shitty job where they like treated me, I wouldn't say horribly, but at times very like unfair. And um, you know, I remember a co-worker that worked there for two weeks. I worked there for two years. I had all my endorsements. I was a CDL driver, I, I drove construction. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess he was, I don't know if he was bragging or it slipped out of his mouth, but I found out he was getting paid way more than I was, and he did nothing compared to me. And just dealing with all of that, just constant, you know, yeah. and coming home to seeing my family with the lights off and, you know, my niece and my, 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 my baby brother, little brother, my mom, everybody just doing what they can to, you know, I would say survive, but doing what they can to make the best out of that situation. Right. So I'm, I'm here now, by my mama house. Uh, she living good. You know, she thanks me mostly every time. And I don't even like the thanks anymore, but I appreciate it because I just feel like this is what you're <laughs> supposed to do as a son and all the things I've been through and the things I've seen my mom go through, you know, uh, it feels good to give back and, you know, that she doesn't have to go to work. She chooses, she has a bakery uh, called Mrs. D's uh, Bakery and she does her uh, in-house baking and anybody who tries, I might have to send you some, anybody who tries her uh, her uh, baked goods, love it. It's, man. It's love it, for real. I bet. I bet, man. So you were living all in uh, essentially one room, no power, right? Because it was candles and no air conditioning and stuff. How did experiences like that um, guide who you became? So it could, you know, again, perspective in this, you could go either way. But I knew going the wrong way was not going, was not going to lead me to anything better. I I have had plenty of examples in my life, whether it's friends, family, or just watching somebody else go through stuff when they chose that route, whatever that route may be, you know, because there's many bad roads, but whatever road they chose and whatever like road, the bad roads that was put in my hands, I just knew this wasn't what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a role model for my siblings and, uh, you know, my, the, the, the next generation in my family. So they could have something to look at as an example, you know, to, okay, it, not everybody ain't like drug dealers and stuff like this. You got an uncle, cousin, one day, super far away, that uh, that uh, did things differently is that showed you that there's there's different ways you can go. You know, it may be harder. It may be frustrating. You may have your times where you want to give up, but you can you can make it. it just take it just takes time. Yeah. How close were you? Were you tempted at all? Uh, man, what was that? Uh, hey, Kong, what was that? What was that movie Lockdown? With the uh, lockdown, when the dudes went to prison and all that. All right, so it was this movie called Lockdown, right? Uh-huh. So it was VHS. I was, I was, I don't know how young I was, but I was young. And I remember, you know how VHS, you would watch the uh, movies, uh, and they would have like the trailers yeah. in the beginning. Yeah. So it was this movie. I seen this trailer of Lockdown. These dudes gang gang, and they go to prison, and they just show all the like the excited parts. So I'm like, oh, I'm about to watch this. So one day, I don't know if it was Blockbuster or whatever, one of those video stores, 
uh, I seen it. And I'm like, my, let's get that. I got it. We started watching it. The beginning was cool. It was like just any other regular story. And then it starts showing the dark parts of prison. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this ain't for me. Like this, yeah. this ain't. nah. So sometimes that run in the back of my mind, but when you see your family struggling and going through, it is very tempting. It's very tempting. And then when you when you when you're emotional yourself, because you know, you, you just tired of seeing this, you're tired of dealing with whatever you, you dealing with, and plus you're still trying to fight for your own dreams while staying afloat yourself. Yeah, it, it can become very, very tempting, very tempting. But prison not for me. Uh, again, I wanted to be a good role model for my siblings and just do better. Like, cause, cause I know I can, and I'm basically the first person in my family to do anything that I'm doing right now. Yeah. No, I mean, um, I remember when you were on the Contender series, your story was already to be admired before you even fought that night because we knew. You know the, the the support that you gave to your family back in Cleveland while going out to Denver to train. Um, when during all this, right, the ups and downs of life as a kid in an uncertain future, when does the MMA thing kind of bite you and the UFC dreams arrive? Which when did mean? that happen? Like 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 when when are you coming of age where you put your focus on doing that as as a dream, as a profession, as a career? Well. Since I was 14, uh, I remember me and my older brother, um, Tiandre, we used to watch Pride and UFC, right? Yeah. Then we'd go in the basement and spar. Oh, you were the story, um, Rampage Jackson, right? Yes. Is that- <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's right, right, right. Yes. And I remember uh, it was little brother following the big brother. I just yeah. ended up doing it, but we both wanted to be in the UFC. And I remember he went to Euclid and I went to Bedford High. And I only got in wrestling really just for UFC. That's yeah. the only reason. And then plus I wanted it to like, it'd be cool to go against my older brother, like teammates. Got but it. Other than that, that was literally the only reason why I got to wrestling was to be a UFC fighter. And um, I remember it was like the third day of practice. After practice, I went to the locker room, my dude, AJ and Farmer. And it was like, Hey, when you get in the UFC, this is me in the ninth grade. They say, like, when you get into the UFC, you got to have a, like a cool nickname. So, uh, AJ, he was like, AJ, he was like, I was thinking Karate Johnny, right? And I was like, hmm. And then Farmer was like, I was thinking Johnny Cage. And I'm a big Mortal Kombat fan. Yeah. So I went with Johnny Cage. And my four years of high school, everybody thought my name was Johnny. Everybody. Everyone everybody. just thought you Johnny Cage. <laughs> yeah. That was your name. <laughs> yeah, for real. So, so the nickname marketing worked early. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. You kind of start having that. Yeah, yeah. So, but hey, I believed in me. Yeah, but you never wanted to do anything else. You just you were you were hyper focused on making it as a pro fighter. I wanted to at a certain point of time. I wanted to be a basketball player. Yeah. Then I wanted to be a car designer. Then I wanted to be a car engineer. And then I found out I ain't got the patience for it. I got tired of like my hand getting cut up. My nails was dirty from all the oil and. You know, you put too many new parts on a car, the old parts go out. And I'm like 18, 19. I'm not, I ain't got the money for this. Yeah. And my mom was like, maybe this should be a hobby. Cause I started breaking stuff. She was like, cause yeah. you can't, you can't break things on people's cars, man. So maybe this should be a hobby. I was like, okay. So I got really just super focused, but MMA has always been, well, since I was 14, it's always been in like the foresight. It's always been in front of me. Um, 
whether I take a week off, two weeks off, sometimes a year, it's always been in the back of my mind, like yeah. UFC, UFC, UFC. What do you think the biggest um, determining factor was when you were starting your career that led that has led to your success? Um, all the all the trauma and the BS that comes with life, you know, um, losing a fight. I remember I fought uh, John Gunther. Uh, as a pro, and when I tell you we're not lost, plus the people around me, that's, that's right. part, part of life. Uh, I got to really see who was really with me, and I got like a little taste of like, when you win it, they with you. When you lose, they don't know who you is. And and that could be close friends. Like, and you know, I learned that at, a, at an early stage, and after getting over that, I still had to get over like my pride and my ego. I lost a fight. You get what I'm saying? So I see it as war. This was war. I would have never came home. You know, I would. It would have been just uh, a flag and saying, "Sorry, Miss. He was a great soldier." And that that bothers me. You know, and me being a competitive person that I am, I got TKO. So that really that really hit my pride. So after that, I, I don't like losing. I do not like losing. So that just pushed me further. And it's like I got so much invested into it. It's like ain't no turning back now. You know? Right. That was when you were what, like you were four and oh, you fought John, you were four and one after that. Mm -hmm. Looking back on it though, you know, generally the losses end up being all these lessons. Like when you look back mm -hmm. on that loss and what you learned after five pro mm -hmm. fights, what do you, what do you still take from that today? Uh, that some people can take an ass beat. I was hitting him <laughs> with everything, bro. Like, I remember smelling copper because it was so much blood. And I'm just like, this dude is not out. Yeah, he was a machine. Like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, man. Dude would not. So I give him respect, man. I really do. So I take nothing from him. But I remember in between the first and second round, I see him do this, like, guitar thing and just sticking his tongue out and his eye was swollen. The only thing I'm thinking is, like, I got to take you out the game because you, like, you think it's, you think it's sweet. And I remember just right. going hard and always hitting him. His eyes was crossing. But then he wouldn't go out. I'm like, this dude is something else. And I got tired. He took me down. I was trying to fight. I remember the coach was like, he's good. He's good. I'm getting hit behind the head. Kind of looking at the coach like, I don't think I'm that good right now. Right, like, right. But it was, it, I'm not going to say it was a cool experience, but the lessons I learned from that loss prepared, propelled me into, you know, the person I am now. Because when you see after that loss, it was like, win, 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 win. Yeah. Win you know, against really good people. So, hey, you live and you learn. What specifically was the change that you made after that? Like, what changes? Um, Obviously, I had to get back and uh, work on what I wasn't good at at, the, at that time. It's not that I wasn't good at grappling. It's just certain positions. I kind of went blank because I was, you know, knocking everybody out. Um, I started taking it a lot more serious. Not that I didn't, but it was, it's just levels to it. Yeah. So I took it even more serious. I stopped hanging around certain people. I stopped listening to certain people. I started listening to my own voice in my own head because I know right from wrong. I know my body better than anybody. And I know uh, I understood when people had good intentions for me and when they were just talking just to, you know, be in my circle. So, um, but other than that, you know, it's just growth. What kind of a challenge is that from somebody like you who's been surrounded with 
a lot of different people throughout the years to hear all these different things, to find your voice um, among all of those people? It is very difficult. Um, it takes practice because you want to please everybody. Right. Especially the people that have helped you, whether a big, medium, or little. Uh, if somebody look out for you, you kind of feel like you got to reciprocate that energy where when they, they helped you out and they tell you something, and because they helped you out that time, you feel as if they are they have the best interest for you. Um, I, I learned that sometimes they do, truthfully, but it just doesn't work for your reality. Right. You know, it's not it's not always that they got bad intentions, but it'd it be good intentions. But it just doesn't work for your reality. And that's when you that's even harder because that's when you got to like, I right, cool. I know this person doesn't mean that in a bad way but it's just not for me or that's not what I do or that's not my lane and being okay with it and being okay with if they want to still be cool with you, if they want to be awkward, if they may be accepting of it, but right. it's a, it's, it's, once you get used to it, you, you know, I still go through it every once in a while. So, you know, you're human. Do you remember a, a specific time where you were just like, man, like this feels wrong, but this is what I got to do. Like this uh, is, um, because that's probably the hardest part. What, it's one thing, well, it's one thing to know, right? To know, like, I should be listening to my own instincts. It's another thing to then let everybody else know. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, easy, like, you know, get hurt at practice and being an athlete, being a fighter, you want to be in the gym. Yeah. Because you feel your teammates, not even in a bad way, just in a, in a, in a positive, competitive way. You want you, you feel like your teammates are getting ahead of you. You feel like they're learning that new thing. Maybe Monday you got hurt, but that was the day something clicked. And like now, like you're even more just hungry to get to the gym so you can work on that that uh, uh, that move. And your coaches and and your teammates, we're all fighters. We have a very high pain tolerance. So that's when I go to the doctor. They be like. What's the pain between one and ten? I'm like, I don't know. You gotta just <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. So um they're all for in the sense of like, bro, fuck it. Come in, let's let's go hard, let's let's train, let's get better. Like it's good intentions, but it's just not good for your reality. Yeah, because you know, you push your body already all day, and if you hurt hurt or injured because you don't have to be injured to be hurt but if you know like okay i uh I, I i tweaked my knee when i was two so this is just my unique problem okay. and now i kind of tweaked my knee at, at, at 55 because i ain't about to you know, claim nothing maybe i shouldn't go in today you know because right, right. my unique reality just doesn't call for it yeah um can you explain the because I know that you kind of started supporting your family. You started helping to support your family at a pretty young age compared to what other most other early 20s or whatever. Did you buy a house for your family? Yep. Uh I actually took a whole year off from fighting and I just went hard at that job. I mean, I just went hard with that job. When was this? How old were you? I was like 23, 24. Okay. Uh um, and so you just said, I'm done with fighting for now, mm. putting it on hold. Mm. I need to support the family. Yeah, I had to because uh, we were in a situation where we were in a situation where it's either that or we end up homeless. Wow. So like I actually 
had to. And that's why I say where it gets real difficult where things get put into your lap and you just now becoming coming into this world as an adult and you got to put your dreams that you have and had since you were 14 on a back burner to make sure your family is good and you got to be you ain't got to be okay with that but you got to be okay with that because if you if you're not okay with it you just, you're only going to see the negative part and i think yeah we only yeah it was it was it was bad but i, I did work crazy at that job I put fighting on the back burner and I worked on my credit. I worked on my credit. I, t- I got things taken off. I, t- I did what I had to do. And yeah. At the end of the day, um, as the time started getting shorter to the point where we, where we had to move because we were basically getting evicted, I had to make the right decision under pressure of choosing the right house in the right neighborhood. Um, with, 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 you know, cause we got kids, we didn't just got teenagers, we got kids and I don't want my niece, my nephew and my baby brother to grow up in a, an environment where, you know, there's litter everywhere in an environment where it's like they're abandoned houses or just something goofy happening. My little sister or well, baby sister, she was, uh, she was, uh, she went to, she had, she was going to this high school, Bedford high, and we had to leave that you know, because we were moving. So that district, right. Exactly. Yeah. And basically being a, a parent in the sense of like looking up schools <laughs> that will benefit her, right. her growth and education. And we, we got a good school and she, ex, she excelled and they, they had even more programs than no, no, no blow down on Bedford. Cause that's where I graduated. Right, but they right. had better, better programs at that school than uh, Bedford did. And, now she's doing now she's doing hair like she's a cosmetologist she she was in she was doing college classes in high school so the bigger picture even though i had to put my dream off for the back burner for a year i mean it's working out that's heavy stuff for somebody who's 23 24 yeah yeah you gotta gotta deal with it man i mean you just laugh it off at this point but like when you think back on it like that's got to be a great source of pride for you Yes. And it just shows me that I can do that. And being in a position that I am in now, I can do more because I did this before I got into the UFC. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's a, that's a lot of, that's a lot of like feel good right here. You know, mm-hmm. that my mom can brag about me. My family can brag about me. Uh, I, but when I was younger, watching TV and stuff like that, I used to always imagine and think about like, what if I had that rich uncle, rich cousin or that, you know, popular family mate or member that can give me that type of knowledge or wisdom that at the moment I don't have. And I'm that guy now. I can do that. I could be that guy for, you know, uh, my sister, my brother, my, my, my niece, my nephew, even my mom, you know? So that, that's a good feeling for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's gotta be, Did, were you always generous? Like where does the generosity come from? Uh, having a big family and having a share Mm-hmm. And having to understand other people's emotion and, you know, being caring and just having a caring, understanding mother. You know, my mom is very generous and very loving. And, you know, I give her a lot of credit, if not all the credit for me being who I am, you know, because seeing her go through again, seeing her go through so much and to be able to find a way no matter what to even though she have her days when she just go crazy, but that's totally normal. But she always found a way. 
She always found a way. She always did what she had to do to make sure we was cool. And to be able to return that favor feels, you know, I ain't going to cry, but I feel it right here. I feel it right yeah. here. You know, it's, yeah. It's a good feel. Yeah. Um, you can cry on this show. It's happened okay. before, but okay. <laughs> that's only if you want to put it out there. Okay. I understand. I understand. So when you get back into the fighting, though, right, you, you had a year on hold and then you get back into the fighting. Mm. then that's really kind of your sprint right towards contender yeah. series and ufc what was yeah. that part like that that part where you're pro- kind of on the cusp oh it was just another day for me um because i was so excited to finally get back to it yeah. you know to like finally like all right cool now we're now we we get back on the game and restart from where yeah we, you know yeah that's quit from but um it was just another day. I just I just kept my mental uh, um, one at a time, one step at a time. So I knew I was going to go get to the USC. I always said it. I always dreamed it. Uh, uh, I thought about it. I prayed about it. I, uh, I would, bro, high school. I don't think I would watch this USC. I'm supposed to be doing like schoolwork, and I'd be watching like Matt Hughes highlights. I used to watch him to learn how to throw people, um, and. When I, I forgot who was my next fight or when that happened, but I just know it was at a point where the gym that I was at, me and the coach butted heads. Um, contra, just a lot of weird stuff. Again, life. Yeah. Learning when you start getting popular, certain things start to happen in weird ways. And I was actually by myself in a sense of like, I didn't have a gym. Um, I would go to different gyms. I would like, actually, I'd be working. And then right after work, I'd get off at like six, seven o'clock. I'd drive two to three hours to Pittsburgh. Like, and that's when I was training with Kamba. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. the different gyms in uh, Pittsburgh and drive all the way home, be home by like 12, one o'clock and have to get up like four hours later to go back to lifting stuff. And it was it was just a grind and a hustle, but I loved it. You know, or just the it, it's just a it, it's a it's a sense of freedom. Like even my job thought I was weird because anytime it was like, okay, who wants to go home early? I run it up to you, put my hand in their face, like I go. It was like yeah. you don't want the overtime. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to go home. What about yeah. your meals? I, I figure it out, bro. Like I'm trying. Okay, I gotta go to the gym, man. You don't know I ain't got time for this. And um, but. When I left that gym, when I when I'd be going to different gyms over and over and over again, I got different experiences. I got to train against different fighters. I got to get different vibes. I got to see just the different people. And, you know, I like that, you know. Um, and that's why I got this um, this show called The Traveling Circus. And it's basically in, in a lot of ways where it's going to be following that format. You know, right. so it, it is, it's, it's going to show basically what I was doing back then, what I'm doing now, and all the extra things that I'm doing with it. So, you got a show coming out? Yeah. The one's already out. The Traveling Circus. All right. Where do we find that? Uh, my IGTV. Uh, oh, nice. My, yeah. And then I got the uh, YouTube. Uh, it's got his own YouTube page, uh, The Traveling Circus. Oh, get on it. I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. tune in on that. Bro, yeah, sure. Yeah. Dude, I'm at that the, sounds uh, great. Go ahead to follow me on IG. And I, and oh, I, I got you. I follow you on oh, IG. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, um, cool. I said So when you say you're driving two to three hours to Pittsburgh, I think a lot of times I automatically just think, cool, if you're going to train three hours away, 
you're going to stay there for a few days. But you're saying you would drive there two, three hours, and then you drive back the same day. So four to six hours. So that's yeah. wild, man. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like yeah. that's stopping for gas every day, filling up the yes. tank. That's crazy. Yes. Bro, you like on the way back, because I just got just got done doing the strenuous job. Then I just got done getting punched in the face or twisted up. And on the way back, I'm like blasting music. Just and do it. Dude, I would stop at a gas station to get snacks. And I knew once I ate the candy, I have to get home. Because once yeah. I crash, I don't know how this is going to work. Right, right. Um, like, we've been there. It's not good to, like, be nodding off on the road. You ever, like, yeah. No, we've all been there where we're driving tired. You know what I mean? And yeah. Especially something like like what you're going through and in, yeah. in a job. And then you got to get back to get bad sleep to do it all again. Yep. Yep. I just BS at work a little bit for the first two hours. <laughs> Get two yeah, hours that's the way. That's the way. So when do you move out to Colorado? So I don't live out here in Colorado. I only right, but I mean, like when you were fought on the contender series, you are Mark was in your corner. Yeah. Yeah. Like you were already at. I think that was like, uh, I think like if not June, maybe July because of that year. So 2018. Yeah, so I, 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 yeah, I came out for like two months, two and a half months to train. Yeah. And then after that, that's when I um, fought on Contender Series and won. Yeah. What what brought that on, though? Oh, uh, what you mean? What, what, uh, coming out to uh, Factory X? Yeah, I mean, like, you're going to Pittsburgh to train, and you're kind of darting around Cleveland, and then all of a sudden, you're in Denver. Probably, probably, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I forgot the guy's name, so hopefully he doesn't see this. So the fight that I fought Gunther, uh, it I was the co-main. Me and Gunther was the co-main. And the dude that was the man, I forgot his name, he fought for Bellator. The whole, the venue was full, but they weren't full to watch him. They were there to watch me and Gunther. And after I lost, yay, uh, he was like, hey, bro, <laughs> don't let this defeat you, man. You're a great fighter because he won his. Don't let this defeat you. You're a great fighter, man. There's a gym out in Colorado called Factory X. Uh, the head coach is Mark Montoya, bro. You'll love them. They'll love you. You guys will like, you know, vibe well. And I'm like, okay, cool. Because I've, I've had to, I've, I flew out to the Black Zillions to uh, Florida. Uh, my dude, Taiwan, he, um, he was out there. So I went out to Florida before. So me going to a different state in training was, you know, wasn't new. So, but I was curious. And I think I believe I emptied out my 401k to uh to even get the plane ticket. And when I came out here, it was such a like uh, uh, breath of fresh air because to be able to go against other fighters that weren't afraid to fight back in Cleveland, I, I gained a reputation of knocking people out. So nobody wanted to go against me or if they went against me, they were timid. Or if they weren't timid, as soon as they hit me and I hit them back, they'd be like, bro, you're going too hard. No, you just soft and you don't like the type of pressure I'm giving you. Because it's like, if you look at my record, I'm knocking people out. Mm-hmm. Did you go out? Well, no, but you. But did you go out? All right, then. Like, stop complaining. Everybody, like, hit me hard. But as soon as I start hitting y'all hard, it's a problem. But I didn't get that in Colorado. I felt like I was in a, a, a boxing gym. Because, you know, it's a lot of, I'm, let me finish it up. It's a lot of ego and pride in boxing in the sense of like, 
especially if you knew the way they look at you, the way they treat you, the way they got their groups and they just watch you from the corner or from afar. The difference with Factory X, everybody came up to me, walked with me, very warm, very nice people, very just like really cool people. And then when it came to the fighting part, it was a whole different like uh, temperament, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then this is, it can break you when you know somebody's not really trying and they beating you up. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Brandon Royval, he was the first person I uh, sparred. And he kicked me in my head so fast. And he had so much control with it that it didn't even, he just he just touched it. And I'm like, oh, if this was real, I'd be like this. Yeah. <laughs> so, but again, just to have, go against people that's control, go against people that's like, this is how they feed their family. This is, you know, like got the same mentality and mindset as me. It just, I felt like I was home. Yeah. And this was like mm-hmm. great timing too, right? Because then yeah. you go on the contender series, you win that. Now you're a UFC fighter. So why not train was at a world-class gym? Yeah, all the time. You know, I, I haven't looked back and, I, and I'm glad and I'm blessed. I'm thankful. I'm grateful uh, for the mentorship that Mark gives me, the training everybody at Factory X gives me, whether you're a coach, a captain, or just my teammate. You know, yeah. everybody gives me uh, a, a bit of knowledge that, you know, I could twist the turn and use for myself, whether it works for me or not, but they're still given. You said before at Factory X that you don't just work on the physical, and Mark is one of those guys that will really approach the mental. Mm-hmm. Um, how specifically do you work on that? Um, a lot. A lot. Um, but, like, what do you do? Meditate. Uh, okay, funny thing. So, as a kid, I ain't had, I guess my mom said I ain't had too many friends. So, I used to talk to myself, but I didn't say anything it was weird. But now at 28, in some ways I still talk to myself, but it's like in a positive way, you know, like manifestation, affirmations, or, you know, good thoughts. You know, you can control your mind. You can, you know, for the best of your ability, control your life. And I'm, a, I'm really big into men- mentality, but I didn't know that I was that big into it. I just seen it as it's just, it's just what it is. Right. But Mark would, you know, he used to have us in this group messaging where he used to have us like read books. And I think he gave us was one book called Chop Wood, Carry Water. Yeah, that's a big one of his. That's yeah, a really good one. And yeah. um, that was one of the books that he gave me that I could say actually like spoke to me, that actually resonated with me because it's like I could understand what the person was going through in the book and how I could like compare it to mine. Right. And from there, I just took I just took it running. I mean, I just started I just I started sprinting with it. We're in the sense of like I, I was reading before, but I got more into mentality, you know, because yes. now I had a, a category. I just thought it was what it was, what, what it was but now I have a, a category of what it is and I could think deeper and dig deeper into mentality. And you know, I could talk to myself and be true with myself on. If this is a problem, if it's not a problem, why am I getting anxious? You know, where are these emotions coming from? I could be real with myself because, you know, I can hear myself. Yeah. Like, I felt like, too, sometimes I I feel like I have a firm grasp on what I'm thinking and and how it's manifesting. But until you say it out loud, and I don't do this probably nearly enough as I should, but when you say something out loud, it's different. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, It becomes way more real. 
Yeah. Especially when you repeat it over and, and over. So and that, that, that's the thing. Like I had an experience a few months ago where I, cause I don't normally do this. And like I said, I should do it more. Cause I said something out loud and then I was just like that, that gave me a whole different energy. Yeah, it does. You know? And so that's something that you do. Like, do you do it daily? Yep. A lot of times I don't even mean to do it. I'm just doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, really, I'm just, I'm just doing it. Yeah. And so are you always then reading a book? I know Mark has like his book club. Okay. So yes or no. Um, <laughs> now uh, he, he recommends books and if we read it, cool. If you don't, cool. Right. I tend to like, like I said, I, 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 I sprinted with it. So now I'm just reading different types of books, sure. different ways of thinking. Uh, another favorite book of mine is called The Alchemist. Have you ever read it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I listened to it. Yeah, I'm a big yeah. on audiobooks. But oh, yeah. yes, I, bro. Oh, man. bro I be All cooking. Day long. Yeah, I'm cool. We're on the right. same page, bro. Right. I feel proud about it. The Alchemist book. is a great book. That, so you read The Alchemist. Does that have like a really deep voice, too? The guy who read that book yeah. is yeah. like a very, you know, it's, um, it's, it's almost it, like again, a haunting book. Yeah. You know, the way the guy he, reads it. And then they hear, uh, it's, I don't know, man. It's just, it's just, it's just like a, that's another book that just resonated in me. And uh, I don't know. I, I feel like that was a really good book because I'm used to like, I'm more so to like logical thinking, right? Mm-hmm. Not saying the alchemist isn't logical thinking. Uh, uh, self-help books, uh, nonfiction. And this is a, a fictional book. And for me to be just listening to a story and they just got subliminals in there for however you take it, however, you know, it speaks to you about your life. Um yeah, I got a lot of, I had a lot of epiphanies, a lot of different ways of thinking. And I was just like, okay, cool. Yeah. I'm with you, man. I'm with you on the nonfiction self-help books. Mm. But the key is to sometimes take something from a fictional story mm. and apply. It's almost like it makes your brain work in a different way. You could still get yeah. value from it, but yes. it's not like you should journal. It's yes. like, it'll show you in a fictional story, this person, you know, it'll show you yeah. indirectly something that you could do. Indirectly, that's, that's what it is, you know? indirectly, yep. Yeah. So you're, you're firing on all cylinders now, Devante. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure, I mean, because like physically, you're this big, strong guy who can knock people out. You put the mental with it, man. You're going to be a dangerous right. dude. Not exactly. that you're not ready. Exactly. About the times about 10. Um, how would you describe your UFC career to this point? Okay. Nobody thought I was going, I don't say nobody, but nobody thought I was going to win. So when I beat the dude off contender series, amazing. And then when I knocked dude out, even more amazing. Cause it's like, it wasn't in, a fluke. Y'all. In Denver. Yeah. In yeah. Denver. Yeah. And then when I fought down my, I forgot his name. I'm trying yes. to say. In, in, down in Australia, right? Yeah. 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 And then I, I beat him and then won a bonus. It felt good. I felt hot. I felt hot. Like, can't nothing, can't nothing nobody said to me, say to me, like me matter. I remember I show I went back to that job, right? I had my say no more hoodie and just a regular clothes, but I wanted just to go back just to say hello. And I had this, this gold grill I got from like Ridge Grills, and uh I wasn't gonna put it in because I'm like, ah, oh, that's kind of that's kind of ratchet. I ain't trying to, you know. But my dude Marcus was like, man, fuck that. He was like, man, do it, man. I'm like. You're right, man. I put the goals in. I was talking to my boss, just shining, like, yeah, you know, just feeling good. Just I was in Australia, you know, doing those things, knocking people out. How you guys doing? Are you still working here? Oh shit. 
Oh, what happened to that one guy that you guys like so much? Oh, you let him go. Oh, so he wasn't as good as you guys were making. Oh, okay. Well, hey, but I'll let you know when I come back. Man, it was good seeing y'all. I ain't never been back. <laughs> I ain't never been so good. It took yeah, off, since, yeah. Yeah, it felt good. Off and running, man. Yeah. But since then, some adversity, right? In the fight yeah. game, outside the fight game, all this stuff. How have you dealt with all this? Um, Just like I do with, I deal with it all the time and one step at a time. Um, Because, I mean, you can only control so much. You know, um, and when things go left, if you can't deal with it, again, that's just time. Uh, but at the, at a certain point of time, you have to get up and get moving again because we all can't be in here crying. Ain't nothing getting handled. Like, you know, ain't nothing getting fixed. Ain't nothing getting finished. Ain't nothing getting set up. Ain't nothing getting planned. We, we 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 got somebody got to be the you know got to got to you know suck it down and just like whatever it is what it is and keep moving forward and you know maybe one day I'll get some therapy but yeah. for the time being I'm cool I feel like I'm 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 handling things as healthy as I can I feel like I'm handling things in a healthy way yeah thinking about it enough to to acknowledge it yeah yeah moving past it. Yes, yes, yeah. all of those things, plus more. So just taking it a day at a time and just looking at, it's hard to look at the positive, but just looking at how you could turn this situation into a situation that benefits you. Right. And, you know, and if that's the best way you can look at a situation, you know, depending on how bad it is or what that is, it is what it is, you know? Yeah. How's the whole Smith family doing back in uh, Cleveland? You're doing good. Um, everything is starting to slowly but surely pick up. Um, my, like I said, my mom, her business is picking up. Yeah. Um, my my niece and, uh, and my baby brother, they're in school right now. I FaceTime them maybe once a week just to see their face and talk to them. Make sure that, you know, baby bro know, take care of the house while I'm gone. Uh, even though he only 10, but still got to, got to put something <laughs> in there, uh, checking up on my niece, see how she doing with her mental at, and, you know, just letting her know that I love her. And, you know, when I come home, we go, cause she like playing the video game. When I come home, we go play the video game. My nephew, he three, he just be happy to see me on the phone and be doing yeah. this and yeah. he could talk a little clearer now. So don't, that be bothering me sometimes. Like, dang, I'm missing like time, but it's like, it's for the bigger picture. And I know, when he, you know, she even five years old, five, six years old, it's going to be even like better for him. And we just going to grow. Knowing that there's a lot that depends on you, right? Like when you, you, when you were younger, you thought, what if I could have that rich uncle or that yeah. family member that stands out and really supports us? And the fact that that's you, um, how do you think about that? Because then when you go into fight, there's a lot of people depending on you. Mm. I, I fight for me. It, it sounds selfish, but I mean, ain't nobody else stepping in this cage and fighting a grown ass man that been training all his life. So ain't no pressure at all. It's just another day. Like that's, that's really it. Like I know what I got to deal with and handle when I get home, but that can wait right now. I need to focus on this and that's all I focus on. That's all I yeah. really, that's truly, that's all I care about. Like in a very positive way. Like I don't think about 
none of those things. They're in the back of my mind, but they so they just pushed back so far that once I get the dub, all right, cool. Now we can do this and that and that. Yeah. Other than that, I ain't thinking about it. Right. Put your focus on what you can control. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, what else, Devante? Um, a couple just a couple more questions. What advice do you get would you give to people to achieve at a high level? Uh, in fighting or just in life? Just in life. You you've been through the ups and downs, you know, things that have applied uh, to fighting and, and elsewhere, but to, to the person listening to this podcast. You're gonna lose in life. It's not even just a fight, like you said, like even just fighting. Uh, you can lose. You're gonna lose in life. You are gonna fuck up. You are gonna mess up. You gonna repeat the mess up. Uh, but don't look at those as you know defining moments. You know, understand for understand what it is. So what I mean by that is, you know, don't look too deep. You messed up. Figure out where you messed up at, and from the best for the best from the best of your ability, just work on it because we are all of us we're all crazy in some way you know again what i think is normal and then i go read a book and they're like oh that's not normal i'm like oh so a lot of things people do may seem normal to them but may may not be normal you know and it's not wrong with that that's what makes you you know unique but if you want to get to a certain place a certain level of whatever your career is or whatever you want to do you're going to have those hard times. That's see those times as blessings. If right now you can't see it as a blessing, be mad for 48 hours, you know, and then woosa, think it out and just do what you got to do to get to that point. Cause that's where all the greats do. That's, yeah. that's one of the main thing. All the greats do. They do what they have to do. Yeah. And last thing, what's the most important thing? to you right and, now um family you know family wealth health and my future generation yeah you know so just 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 make it maybe we'll say making the cage uh, a household name there we go john you cage is a king cage no, i know now it's king cage. Yeah, i know yeah. i know i got you king cage is the man Quick one too, though. Cage stands for conquer all, guaranteed everything. That's what I thought. That's right. It's not. Yeah, I know it's cage K A G E. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, if more combat can say combat with a K, I can say right. cage. Yeah, still stands for conquer all, guaranteed everything. Conquer all, guaranteed everything. Mm-hmm. There you go, man. Uh, October second, right, Jamie Malarkey? Yes, sir. Yes, I'll, yes, I'll, I'm excited. I, I will see you in Las Vegas, my friend. I'll be sitting octagon side uh, with a microphone okay, cool. on. I'll be calling your fight again, brother. Oh, for real cool. All right, then. Well, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do what I do. And last time I called stuff. your fight, last time I called your fight was in Denver, and okay. uh, that worked out. And then the time before that was on Contender Series, and that worked out too, man. So okay, so you the right person in the corner. Bad a thousand with me in, in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool, man. Appreciate hey, uh, Devonte, man. You're a very inspirational person, man. For real. Oh, um, for real. You know, like you. I like I said, like we were kind of uh, taken aback by what you had accomplished before you even fought on Contender Series, buying a house and supporting a lot of your family. And um, it's it's a pleasure to talk to you like this and really see what makes you tick and see the person you are because uh, you're you're quite a special fighter. But 
even more so as a person, brother. Thank you. That makes me. That makes me feel. <laughs> that makes me feel good. Man, you got good. me. Uh, you ever you ever heard that song uh, "Pride" by uh, J Cole? No, but I know J Cole, but I don't know all yeah. of the catalog. Well, he basically was saying it makes you uh, when it makes you feel weird when somebody say they're proud of you. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. basically what, how I feel. Like, well, oh, yeah, right, I, yeah, I got you, brother. Well, um, you, all bro. the best, man. Have a great last few weeks of camp, and I'll see you in October in Las Vegas. Thank you, bro. I appreciate you letting me on. What have you, y'all? <laughs> there you have Devonte Smith. Hope I didn't make him feel too awkward with the praise at the end. It is a funny kind of thing, though, right? I mean, we are very quick to point out how much we like someone or something to others. You know, like you'll tell a friend how much you like this other person or or the people that you work with. But how often do you sit there face-to-face, tell the people that you work with, tell your friends, uh, tell your family how much they mean to you? And... um, or just somebody that you admire, like what you admire about them, kind of like I did with Devante. We're not close friends, and and I don't have this strong bond with him, but I admire him for the support that he provided his family from a young age, and uh, you know the support that he continues to provide his family after going through a really uh, tough tragedy, right? And obviously, his family has been through a lot of ups and downs, as as all of our families have over the years. That's just called living life. But um, to tell him that. To acknowledge it and let somebody know you're you're doing well, man. I, I, I appreciate what you're doing because I don't think we hear that enough ourselves. Uh, we just it's it's you know it's quick to blame and and you know tough to praise, right? That's just how the world works. Um, but I like to acknowledge people that I admire, and this show, even after getting to know somebody, and I might not know them that well. I like to acknowledge them for that because their stories are of value to me. And a lot of times, uh, great athletes, whether you like football or basketball or MMA and UFC, obviously, in this format, then you can take a lot from them. You can take a lot from their story and apply it to your own life. And for those who may have missed this story, um, you know, Susie Freeton, our longtime UFC makeup artist, passed away uh, earlier in September. And uh, she had been battling breast cancer for a while. She had beaten it twice. I mean, I had met her in 2017 when I joined the UFC, and she had just been in remission, come back from beating breast cancer, and I believe for the second time. Um, And her breast cancer returned in February of 2020. I remember we were working the Norfolk show, uh, Norfolk, Virginia, which was on February 29th of 2020 before, you know, pandemic struck. And I just remember she wasn't feeling great that Saturday night after the show that weekend. And she was worried that her cancer was coming back. And sure enough, it, it did. And she had battled hard for the last year plus, basically the last year and a half. And I guess it took um, some bad turns in the final few weeks. And so everybody at the UFC that's connected with the UFC uh, is mourning the loss of Susie. She was a great friend to so many people. She was very generous. She was very caring. Um, she was very talented, and just not just in the makeup department. You know, if you needed anything, she would she would be the first one to ask you what you needed and how she could help you. And uh, so we're gonna feel that loss at the UFC. She was just quite a special person. Very very happy. It was, you always looked forward to when you could see Susie, and. Uh, so that's a very sad thing that happened earlier in September. And 
I hadn't talked to her in a little while. Like the last time I talked to her was a handful of months ago. And I always just thought she was going to beat it in some form and come back to work a little bit. You know, maybe not full capacity, but be back. You'll be back in the building. And instead I get the text that she had passed away. So, um, you know, tell people that you love what they mean to you. Tell your friends how much you like them. (laughs) why you like that they're weird and all these things that we can acknowledge people and not just to make it about, yeah, they know how I feel about them and whatever, because, uh, as, as always, you just never know what's going to happen. But, um, you know, let's spin it back positive. I I hope you enjoyed Devante's story and, um, thank you for listening to this show as always. I I know that at the end and at the beginning is I try to say, thank you. Thank you for listening. Cause, uh, I like to do it. And I like that you enjoy it if you're on the other end and uh, got the headphones in or in the car or however you're listening. So anyways, Devontae Smith's got a fight coming up against Jamie Malarkey. Uh, as long as COVID doesn't mess any of that up, <laughs> it'll be early October. It'll be in the UFC Apex and I'll be on the call. And uh, looking forward to it and looking forward to getting busy again September into October. We're going to be in the stretch of i believe 10 ufc events in a row up until thanksgiving weekend plus contender series on a tuesday night each week so no shortage of action from us at the ufc talk to you next time on fitz nation